Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 44 today on the Hooper's Log. Yes, episode 44, Wednesday, January 6, 2016, here on an ESPN Wednesday in the FanDuel Studios on CLNS Radio through Apple Podcasts and CLNS Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is Simo Buckets. I have a website. SimoBuckets.com is the website. Andrew Norris is in with us today. We'll get to him in just a moment. And if you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. And, boy, we had quite a night of the NBA last night, even though it was a relatively small night. It wasn't one of the bigger nights in the NBA. But we did have a couple of moments here and there that definitely decided what what happened and what the case was uh, clearly, there was a couple upsets in the world of college basketball. Uh, but first, there's one question I wanted to ask Andrew Norris. Andrew, what's up, man? How you doing? I- I'm doing good. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for later tonight. I get to help host the Celtics post game show on CLNS because they are playing my Pistons. Uh, it'll be my first time hosting it. Um, I've been an analyst on it twice. Um, I've listened to a lot of the times you've done it so I can get a feel for how the show is supposed to flow. And, man, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited to do it. Um, and, and, you know, today's crazy at work. I'm going to be working until that Pistons game starts. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a, a crazy day, and it's gonna got more stuff to do after, more stuff to do right now, obviously, with the show, and it's just going to not, not stop for the rest of this week, it's looking like. Nah, you're gonna be fine, man. That that the, the post game shows are a piece of cake. I mean, once you get into the flow and you do it multiple times, I mean, we've done the Hooper's log here hundreds of times, or you know, since since the off season, you'll be fine. You'll get it done. Uh, it'll be a piece of cake for you there, and definitely go listen to him tonight after the game between the Pistons and Celtics. Um, so, one question I want to ask you before we get into the show is from yesterday. I couldn't quite get you on. Obviously, you were busy with work. Um, but obviously the game between OU and Kansas, I wanted to get your take on that game before we jump into the topics for today, because that was clearly probably game of the year. I don't know if you can get much better than that unless a national championship game or any other championship game is bigger or final four or tournament game. This was an unbelievable game between the number one ranked team in the coaches poll in Oklahoma and the number one ranked team in, in the AP poll in Kansas, and obviously both teams were one and two in both those polls. What, what was your take on that game from uh, 
from from Monday night? Well, a, a lot of people don't know. I actually have insomnia, so and, and I promise this goes into the game. I'm not just blabbering. But I actually have insomnia, so I do not sleep. I mean, I, I get I, I will roll around in bed until four o'clock in the morning, and I got to be up at seven or even a little bit earlier than seven. Uh, so, so sleep is not something that comes easy to me. And and right before this game started, I just got this feeling of oh my god, I'm going to be able to sleep if I lay down right now. So I you know and I thought it was going to be a good game. I didn't think it was going to be a great game. So I go and I lay down, and right before it starts, I'm out like a light. And then I, you know, I was hoping to sleep through the night. Of course, I didn't because that's just not how it works for me. And I woke up right before the, with with three minutes left in the second half, and I couldn't have been happier. I knew I was going to be up till 4.30 in the morning trying my best to sleep, but I couldn't have been happier 10 minutes later when I realized what I was seeing. Um, I mean, you, you saw one of the most amazing performances you'll ever see, 48 points. Is is I believe the most ever in a one versus two matchup. It's got to be the most in the last you know twenty years because college basketball has changed. You don't see a lot of these crazy high scoring games anymore. Um, it was it was back and forth. Both teams wanted the moment. They they wanted it bad. Uh, it, it was you saw you saw Perry Ellis play well. Uh, even you know outside of heels, you saw Spangler with 18 rebounds, and, of course, you know, you're in three OTs, 18 rebounds doesn't look that great. But in college, that's a crazy number even with three OTs. Um, Kansas proved they're the number one team, and I think Oklahoma proved they're the number two team, really, if you look at it. I mean, I, mean, I know they'll drop in the polls, which is, which is a damn shame, but they played uh, outstanding. And, I mean, of course it took one of the best performances, and I, this is not an exaggeration, it's not the little – thing you say all the time, but it's really one of the best performances you will see in college basketball history. 46 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 13 for 23 from the field. He took 15 three-pointers, but he made 8. I mean, this guy's legit. He He's a star. Um, he's moving his way up the, up the draft boards a lot like Kemba did, where they start out maybe like a second rounder. Uh, he's already, you know, mid-first round on a lot of boards. Um, some he's still back, but I mean he 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 is legit. Okay, Buddy Heald is legit. He's a senior. He's averaging 26 points a game. So, yeah. in in his last in his last three, he has 34 points, seven rebounds, 27 points, nine rebounds, and 46 points, eight rebounds. Okay, this is the type of guy who you play Oklahoma in March, say goodnight because he's winning that game for his team. Point blank. Period. Okay, he couldn't get it done in this one, but you know you can't you can't be a hundred for a hundred, and that took that took some poor play from from the guard opposite of him, Isaiah Cousins, who was two for fourteen from the field, uh, and, and obviously that's going to be a big blow. He's averaging twelve points a game. He only has four in this one, and it, and it you know it took that for for this Kansas team to beat Oklahoma. I didn't think Oklahoma was, was as good as the number two team before I saw the end part of this game. And then I w- went back and watched a bunch of film because I was just so curious. And man, uh, they are legit, man. Yeah, uh, OU. I honestly don't think with your with your analysis of Oklahoma and what they did in this game, I honestly don't think they'll drop that far in the polls if they keep playing well the rest of this week. I mean, they were even talking about how they would stay at number two. I don't think it'll be that that much of a 
I don't think it'll be that, you know, they won't drop at all, but I think it'll be one of those things where I think OU will drop to like number three. I don't think they're going to drop that far. I mean, you can't drop a team for playing triple overtime against the number one, number two team in the nation. You can't, it's just not going to happen, especially since when's in conference. And that was their first loss of the year. You can't drop them that far. I think they'll drop to number three, but yes, they will drop in the polls naturally, which I agree with you is a shame because they should just stay where they're at. Uh, the big 12, I'm telling you this game, and I mentioned it yesterday, this game is getting me jazzed up for the Big 12 conference tournament, which will be in about a month and a half, I mean, or two months. Think about it. I mean, you have Iowa State, who played over the weekend. They were unbelievable. And then Oklahoma, who Buddy healed, which you can now make the case. And this is, a, this is not to say, this is not to knock anybody or to, or to uh, downgrade anybody, but just in all honesty – Buddy Heald in that game against Kansas looked like, and I know this is a little bit insane, but don't, don't, don't overquote me. Buddy Heald is a poor man's, and I'm talking poor man's, but he is a solid two, three grades below Kevin Durant. The guy can shoot from everywhere on the basketball court. He's not the best when it comes to his handles, but he can drive the rack to some degree. But his outside game is eerily similar to Kevin Durant. because Every time he touches the ball on the outside part of the floor, mid-range game, three-pointer, it reminds me eerily of Kevin Durant in college. Not the Kevin Durant now, not the Kevin Durant of his MVP year in the NBA. I'm talking about Kevin Durant when he was at Texas back in 06, 07. That's the Kevin Durant I'm talking about. And that's what Buddy Heald reminds me of. Clearly not as angular or as long or as freakishly athletic or as freakishly long as Kevin Durant was. But when it comes to his game and how he plays, and granted, he is older. He's a senior at Oklahoma. The guy plays a lot like Kevin Durant. And, and it's not to say that he can get to the rack and get to, and sky as high as Kevin Durant or all that stuff. I'm talking strictly outside shooting capabilities. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant, and it's eerily similar because he plays in the Big 12 with a bunch of, with a bunch of other good teams. Um, but I'm really excited for this Big 12 uh, conference. I mean, obviously Kansas is, is legendary for its programs. But this is a loaded, top-loaded conference in the Big 12 this year, and I am more than excited. And that game was unbelievable. We had some unbelievable games last night, Andrew. We had four games in the NBA, uh, three upsets in the world of college basketball. We'll start it off with college basketball. Andrew, you ready to get it going for today on a Wednesday, ESPN Wednesday? Let's do it. The Hoopers Log, sponsored by FanDuel here in the FanDuel studios. If you'd like to call in, 323-642-1558. Kevin Hart. All right, all right, all right. Gonna learn today. Four games in the NBA last night. Uh, clearly, one of them was more more impressive than the other. There were four wiper-worthy performances, and one of one giant one was in the uh, was in the double overtime game between the Kings and Mavs. In fact, we do have some highlights here: the Darren Williams game winner in double overtime. And they were going crazy in Dallas as Dallas got the victory 117 to 116. A pretty good uh, comebacker from the night before in the world of college basketball as OU and, o and Kansas played. This is up there, too, as one of the best games of the year in the NBA. Darren Williams, 25 points, a couple of rebounds, four assists. 
But the real performance in this one, and this is going to be in the probably top ten performances of the year, Boogie Cousins. We're not calling him DeMarcus anymore. Boogie Cousins. 35 points, 17 rebounds, 6 steals, 4 assists, a 74 on the brand-new operated whiteboard-worthy performance. It would have been a seven it would have been a 60 a 66 without the brand new uh scale but considering the 35 and 17 you got to give him the extra eight that he deserved there obviously you add the eight considering he had 16 plus um so you give him the eight there 74 for boogie cousins dominating performance by him clearly the 10 turnovers did not help if he would have turned down his turnover ratio i think it would have been a better game for the kings and they probably would have won an earlier but still an unbelievable game by boogie cousins this was clearly game of the night in the NBA. Andrew, what did you see from this one when you saw the highlights and the replays? I haven't really seen the highlights of this game. Oh, my – man, this, this game, and I had uh, – uh, you know, normally with this, I wouldn't have a horse in the race, but I was trying to win some money on FanDuel, so I definitely did have a horse in the race. I had a few horses in the race. So I, I'm, I, was, I was watching this game, and it was just un-freaking believable – how much these teams, every player on these teams wanted to take the shot. Boogie Cousins, Darren Collison, Rudy Gay, Bellinelli, they all wanted the shot. Dirk wanted the shot. Obviously, Darren Williams wanted the shot. Zadna Petulia wanted the shot. You could you could see him fighting for the ball and it was you know, it, it was a, it was one of those cases of anything you can do, I can do better. And, and you know, you saw it would have been really cool if Seth Curry hit that buzzer beater, I think. You know, Twitter would have went nuts with Steph who? Who, Steph? And that that would have been cool. But he kicked it after um, maybe it was Darren Williams missed a layup or, or something like that. But, you know, the DeMarcus Cousins, like you said, this is his second straight game where he was just a few rebounds away from a 30-20 night. Uh, and as much as I want Arthur Drummond to be the best center in basketball, he's not. DeMarcus Cousins is. Proved it again last night, and nobody's in his league right now. Um, now, now, one thing that's going to get him eventually is he's got to stop throwing these off arms. Uh, it, 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 you know, it, it's going to hurt somebody. It's going to get him suspended. It's going to get him fined eventually when one goes wrong. If you watch him, the off arm is unbelievable. He never thinks he should be called for it either, which is where most of those technical fouls come from. But you know, it, it was just an unreal game. Dirk and Boogie going back and forth. I remember Boogie was guarding Dirk at the perimeter, and he just went straight over him for a three in the um, first overtime, I want to say. Um, you know, it was 116 to 109 with about a minute 10 left. It was 116 to 111 with about 35 seconds left. So this was not only an unbelievable game, but in that last overtime, it was one of the more unbelievable comebacks you'll see. I mean, those, that's a lot of points and not a lot of time, and the Kings couldn't get a single to, you know, fend them off. And the patience shown by Darren Williams, and they might have to check that that shot clock operator, but the patience shown to be able to yeah. pump fake and then get off, man, that's, that's veteran savvy right there. He showed his worth on that play alone. And, you know, a young guy gets that ball, he's got to throw it up right away or else, you know, something bad's going to happen. So uh, it was – it was an unbelievable game, and God, it, Boogie Cousins is unreal. Yeah, he was unbelievable in that game, and, and and this game also had some implications in the standings. Look, if Sacramento would have won last night, 
Sacramento would have been 15 and 20. They would have been right there behind Utah and Portland for a for a potential playoff uh, sniff. You know, been around that area. And considering now they're 14 and 21, it kind of changes things a little bit. And if Dallas loses that game, they might fall behind Memphis or at least be right there with Memphis with 19 wins. But now they're 20 and 15. They're still hanging around the middle portions of the Western Conference uh, playoffs. And again, looking like a legitimate contender. They've they've won six of their last 10 games. They're playing, they're playing okay basketball to hang in there. I mean, there's, I, I still don't quite believe in this Mavericks team, and I think they're still going to fade away come near the end of the year. But considering the bottom half of the Western Conference, how can they not disappear? I mean, Houston's playing like garbage. Utah is still not healthy, but they're playing well. Portland is coming out of nowhere, but I don't think they're a legitimate contender in the West. Sacramento is right there, but I mean, really, I don't still don't think they have a chance. So the bottom portion of the West, it looks like the Mavericks, all they got to do is tread water and they'll find themselves in a postseason berth. They're still playing well. I just don't, I still don't, I don't believe in them as a potential championship contending team. We got breaking news here on the show. We got some breaking news. It is, uh, it's, it's not basketball related. We got to switch over to the NFL real quick. Um, no problem. And, and this, this is shocking to read. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the Lions cutting Calvin Johnson, uh, figuring out what to do with him. Do they want to keep him for that salary cap hit? And now there are stories and reports coming out everywhere that if Calvin Johnson is cut by the Detroit Lions, or even if not, he's going to consider retiring from the NFL. We're looking no! at Barry no! Sanders all over again. All Time over out. again. This Time guy retires. The Lions make Time people out. hate what they love. Time out. Time out. I've got a simple solution for him. Before you considering retire Calvin Johnson, yes, go to the Minnesota Vikings. We would become an instant Super Bowl contender next year, 2016. Super Bowl 51, we would be favorites. I can guarantee you. Reason being that defense is getting better. Teddy Bridgewater is going to get better over the offseason. Adrian Peterson probably has one last gasp of energy in the tank for one more year. If Calvin and if we improve our offensive line through the draft, if we can get a guy like Calvin Johnson, I'm telling you, Stephon Diggs on the outside. Uh, you got guys like uh, who else? Who else do we got? Um, guys like uh, oh man, I'm blanking on his name right now. But uh, we got some other guys on in the slot who run quickly. Obviously, Kyle Rudolph when he's healthy, he's a scary threat. Calvin Johnson over the middle for this team would do wonders for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater and his confidence. That would be a terrible decision for Calvin Johnson to just retire. Come to the Vikings, Calvin Johnson. I'm telling you, first of all, it would piss off Andrew. Second of all, it would be awesome to see Teddy Bridgewater improve with this, with this guy as his wide receiver because, as you know, Matthew Stafford has been bailed out multiple times by throwing the ball the way he does the Calvin Johnson. Now, I will admit, Matthew Stafford is a legit quarterback when he plays well. But most of the time, he, when, Cal, when he throws the ball to Calvin Johnson, he has to kind of uh, – he's lucky from the standpoint of his size. So, if he can go to the Vikings – and I'm not saying it's going to happen because I don't think it will. But if the, if the Lions did cut him, do not retire, Calvin. I'm telling you, don't do it. It's not a good decision. Um, speaking of the NFL, anything else you want to say, Andrew? Oh, yeah, I just want to let you know he's not going to Minnesota. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I can always dream because we still need a receiver. Um, anyway, the point is, you talked about FanDuel. Um, are we still up for that FanDuel Friday? We are, we are. Uh, Dre and FP plan on coming back on the show Friday. I believe, I, I you know, I believe that we're doing that show at, what, 6.30, right? 
Um, no, 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 no. That that will start next uh, after next week after Martin Luther King Day weekend. That will be when we start uh, Friday night shows. But that show will be on same time, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, we start the shows at 1 p.m. Eastern starting next Friday. Not this Friday, but next Friday. And then we'll do 1 p.m. shows uh, from then on out. And then also we'll have nighttime shows uh, for the last two Fridays of January. So that's how that will work. Um, but, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We have, uh, we have uh, FP and Dre on the show for Friday. So that should work for them, correct? I'm thinking so. All yeah, right. I mean, they'll, they'll yeah. come out after time, so that's what we're going to go with. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, since we're on the topic of the NFL, let's preview one more game. I previewed the Houston-Kansas City game yesterday, considering it was probably the least significant, plus it's the first game over the weekend. Uh, I, said, I, I picked Houston to win that game, although I would not be shocked if either team won. But at the same time, it, whoever wins that game is not going to win in the next round. I just, that's just how I feel. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, and that's what I said yesterday. But today we're going to talk about Pittsburgh and Cincinnati real quick before we get back to some NBA. Um, Pittsburgh-Cincinnati is interesting because, first of all, if Cincinnati had Andy Dalton, this would be probably one of the games of the weekend. I mean, one of the best games to watch over the weekend. Um, but since Andy Dalton's out, it looks like he's still not back. And even if he is back, how well is he going to do? He's been out for a while. Um, I'm telling you, I think the Cincinnati ball club is decent on defense. They're not great. Uh, they still have A.J. Green, but at the same time, I mean, that that offense will be able to do something with, with, with McCarron at the quarterback position because the Pittsburgh defense is so off. But when it comes to that Pittsburgh offense, look, I don't care who you are. That Pittsburgh offense is a top two, maybe the number one offense in the NFL altogether. And they don't even have a running back right now. I mean, they, they don't even have their backup running back coming into this game for D'Angelo Williams. That, that, that's, that's a question mark. And they can still throw the ball everywhere. Look. This is a game where I think I think Pittsburgh is going to find a way to just dominate offensively. This is going to be a high-scoring game, I think, from the standpoint of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers scoring in the 40s. Maybe the, uh, maybe the uh, Cincinnati Bengals score like 25, 28 points and keep it close late. But, but by the time the fourth quarter comes, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers run away with it. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think Pittsburgh is. Uh, we, we talked about this Monday. They're, they're my Super Bowl favorite in the AFC. I think it stands yeah. that way. Uh, I, I think it's going to be close all the way. I think this is going to end up being a three, three to seven point game. Uh, but I, but I do have Pittsburgh coming out. Ben Roethlisberger is going to show, you know, why he's been so underappreciated. I mean, you got, it, it, you got, if AJ McCarron is going to be anybody, and I know this might sound bad for my suit, one of my Super Bowl picks. But it's going to be the Steelers. This is the one team you can throw it over the middle on with ease uh, in the AFC. Okay, they, their secondary has been atrocious. Okay, so don't, I don't want to count AJ McCarron out. I don't think he's the type to get scared of the spotlight. He was under it so much at Alabama. The guy's got a chest tattoo of wings. He's not scared of much. Uh, he doesn't care what people think too much, obviously either. Because who gets a chest tattoo of wings? Uh, but I, I still think Roethlisberger and the NFL experience is going to uh, um, ultimately take Adrian McCarron and the 12-4 and four Bengals out. You know, coming into this season, there was that – or coming into this – like a month ago when Adrian McCarron started, the last time an Alabama quarterback won a, 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 a game was 1986 or late 80s. And 
if that's the case, when was the last time an Alabama quarterback won a playoff game? I mean, that that had to have been back in the eon days of when the suit when the when the NFL was a. I mean, it was already a completely different game in the '80s. But dear lord, that must have been over 30 years ago because that would be an insane stat to look up. Um, anyway, the, the point is, is yeah, I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh's also they're gonna they're gonna win. They just have a better offense and a more bona fide offense uh, offensive firepower game. Again, FanDuel here. We're in the FanDuel studios. Three two three six four two one five five eight. If you'd like to call in and uh, and and talk about basketball or even the NFL, if you'd like to say for that matter. Um, back to basketball. Let's get back to the NBA. Um, there's, there were three more games on the docket outside of that Kings-Mavericks game. Knicks beat the Hawks 107 to 101. They matched last night their total win, their their win total from a year ago in that one. Carmelo Anthony had a whiteboard worthy performance. He had a 55 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale, 23 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, and two blocks. He played an outstanding ball game in that one. Again, the Knicks getting the victory over the Hawks, hanging in there in the Eastern Conference. Again, 17 and 19, matching their win total from a year ago. They're only a couple of games out of a potential playoff spot. Do I think they're going to get one? No. I think the way the playoffs stand right now in the Eastern Conference is how it's honestly going to stand by the end of the season. Detroit at the eight, Boston at the seven. They'll probably flip-flop. Detroit might move up. But I think they're going to be in Indiana, Atlanta, Toronto, Miami, Chicago, Cleveland. That looks pretty legit the way it is. And Orlando may sneak in there, but with those teams all in there, it looks pretty good the way it is right now. And granted, the seeding will change over time, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that the way it looks right now in the Eastern Conference on January 6th is the way is the teams we're going to see throughout the rest of the year. Orlando is fantastic, but I think they're only one year away. Everyone else looks like this is their year to be in the postseason. And think about this. The central division in the Eastern Conference would have every single team in the playoffs. Cleveland, Chicago, Indiana, Detroit. Um, I think I'm missing one team. Um, but that's, that's uh, oh, Milwaukee. So Milwaukee wouldn't be in. But those four teams would be in there. Um, that would be a pretty loaded Eastern Conference, if you ask me. And it would only give more stage to why the Cleveland Cavaliers are so good and the reason why they are where they're at this year. Okay, so the Knicks got the victory last night. Uh, other games to mention, Bulls beat the Bucks Again, Jimmy Butler, and, and I, can, I can probably officially say now, it's the Bulls win 117-106 to 106 over the Bucks. I can probably officially say now, that, that Jimmy Butler has the keys to the castle. 32 points, 10 assists, 2 rebounds, 54 on the whiteboard, the performance scale. When was the last time you saw a Derrick Rose-led team have a guy outside of Derrick Rose have 10 assists? That's all you need to know about this team. This is Jimmy Butler's team now, and I think we're finally starting to see that take its place in Chicago. And also, Paul Gasol showed up to the, showed up to the club, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 blocks. He also had a 55 on the wipe away the performance scale. Those were your four wipe away the performances of the night. And one final game before we go talk to talk about college basketball real quick. Uh, also uh, the, 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 the Golden State Warriors now have the greatest 35 game start in NBA history. They're now 33 and two as they destroy the Lakers in LA 109 to 88. The Lakers are now eight and 28. Um, Jordan Clarkson had an okay game, 23 points, five rebounds, two assists. Obviously Clay Thompson, as we talked about a couple days ago on Monday, this is he's probably not the best shooting guard in the NBA, but he is one of the more streaky shooting guards in the NBA. And when he is on fire, you can't touch him. You can't touch him. 22 points in the first quarter. What's the breaking news? Uh, real quick, we don't kind of go into it. Uh, Damari Carroll is expected to miss six to eight weeks, so that could be a huge yeah. blow for the Raptors. 
Absolutely. No, I agree with that. No, and I and I and I was actually going to talk about that here over the next couple of days. I've been getting updates on that over the last three or four days now. And to be honest, with the way Toronto's been playing, and this is kind of a shock to say, he hasn't really been much of a factor on this team and, and really Im- impacted their ability to win ball games. So that's kind of a shock to hear him be out, but he hasn't really impacted the team the way I thought. So maybe he was more of a mirage for the Atlanta Hawks than we think. The Hawks are still 21 and 15. They're still playing great basketball. Uh, Toronto. Toronto is still an outstanding, you know, an outstanding team without Damari Carroll. Maybe he's just kind of a piece that, that, that does a couple of things here and there, but I don't think he really impacts them as much as we thought. Um, so outside of that, that's what you get uh, there with Damari Carroll. He's out for a while. So if, if the team starts to struggle, maybe he'll need to come back and help that. But on the whole, so far, he hasn't been a big-time presence. Again, Clay Thompson, 22 points in the first quarter last night against the Lakers, 36 overalls. He went 36 points, two rebounds, and an assist. Um, and then uh, the big story, I guess, for everybody is that now Steph Curry, his physicians, this is what his physicians say. They say he should be out for four weeks. Good Lord. All the Steph Curry fans going crazy. Everyone's thinking, oh, the Warriors are going to be terrible without the Look, Steph Curry has been off and on for the last week, week and a half now, almost two weeks, basically since Christmas, and the guy has – not really been a factor on this team outside of getting blown out by Dallas. This team has not lost any beat or pace or step or anything. They're 33 and two. Steph Curry has not been the reason why they're 33 and two. Has he been a factor? Absolutely. Has he helped? Yes. But is he the main reason? No. Have you watched Draymond Green the last week and a half? He's been the best player in the NBA the last week and a half, bar none. And guy like Clay Thompson, when he gets hot, this team is, is tough. When Klay Thompson gets hot, Draymond Green gets a triple-double or at least near triple-double and plays efficient basketball, this becomes a very tough team. This isn't just Steph Curry running around shooting threes and getting them victories. No, no, no. This is a very good overall team. And with Draymond Green and with Klay Thompson, I think they're fine. I really do. Will they, will they beat the Spurs with that team? I don't know. I don't think so. And that's more of a homer coming in me. But realistically, I don't know. That's yet to be determined, and those two teams won't play for another couple of weeks. But I think as of right now, they're fine. If Steph Curry has to miss a week, two weeks, and get healthy and maybe play a game or two just to kind of get back into the feel of things, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be an okay team. Andrew, what do you think about this Steph Curry situation, the Bulls situation? What did you see from the NBA last night outside of that Kings-Mavericks team? Well, when he missed his first game, I said to myself, I wouldn't play him until they play the Heat on the 11th. And why would you? I mean, I get that the Spurs are on your tail, but still four games back, maybe even five games back now. Uh, you're 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 the best team in the NBA. You have the best record to uh, to start a season ever. Uh, in, in more ways than one, there's a bunch of records they've broken now through so many game stretches. Yeah. It, you, yeah. I mean, I get that you want to go seventy-three and nine or whatever seventy. Maybe you just want to tie it, do your thing, but. When playoff time comes and this guy, I mean, four weeks for a shin sounds like the beginning of shin splints, a bunch of other things. Yeah. And if they're starting four weeks already and it's something he can play on, but it's a four-week sit, that means it's something that happens while you're on it. It's not something that's going to bug you all day. It's not like if you right. tore an Achilles, your ankle's going to hurt all day. It, it's It's something that's happening, and every time you step on it, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And they're just Frankly, they're idiots if they keep playing. They're they're idiots if they continue to do it. If I'm a Golden State fan, I am 
and they're playing Steph Curry in their next game. I am boycotting that game. I'm not going. I, you have Clay Thompson. You have Draymond Green. You have Harrison Barnes. You have Andre Iguodala. You have Andrew Bogut. That's just as easy. That's still a great team. Okay? They, they had yeah. one bad game without Steph Curry. And let's say you go 500 if you missed a month. Not even, you go better than 500. Let's say you go in, in a month, I don't know. Six and four in your next ten. Seven and three. Six and four. Okay, yeah. Then you're what? Thirty nine and uh, thirty or thirty nine and six. Oh no, the whole season's over. You can't win. Right. It's it's unbelievable. I, I mean, if they continue to play this guy, first of all, he's an idiot, and second of all, they're even bigger idiots because even though he's got on a great contract, it's still almost fifteen. Sixteen, seventy million dollars every year. If this guy turned into a guy who's and shins are fragile, man. I, shin splints are something, and I'm not sure if it's shin oh, yeah. splints, but I know every shins is something that can come back and come back and come back. So get it fixed early, get it fixed now before here comes June and Steph Curry can't walk. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. The shin splints definitely hurt, and they definitely are not something fun to deal with. I've had them before. I've, I ran cross country in high school. Trust me, and I was one of the more elite runners, and I wasn't like an elite runner, but for my size, you know, six foot, 180 pounds, I was pretty elite. Most guys that are run cross country are like five eight and 120 sticks. I was a I was a bigger player. I played baseball too. So, but I had shin splints, and trust me, I had to do pool workouts. I could barely walk on them. They're not they're not fun. They're not fun at all. And I'm one of the I would admit I'm one of the tougher athletes out there when it comes to being in high school. I was one of the tougher guys, and trust me, shin splints brought me to my knees at times because they hurt so bad. Uh, the world of college basketball. We had three upsets in the world of college basketball last night in the Big East. Marquette beat Boer Providence, ranked number eight in the country. They lost to Marquette in a game last night, and clearly the game of the night, LSU destroying Kentucky by 18 points. And it's not just Ben Simmons on that team, people. You got guys like Tim Quarterman. You got a couple of other faces on that team that are outstanding. But Ben Simmons really wasn't the guy who led the led the led the crowd. He was kind of, and this is this is no knock and this is no you know comparison, but it is. He was LeBron James last night. He played an efficient ball game. Ben Simmons did. He went five for five from the field. He had he went four of six for, from the free throw line. Look, the guy played an efficient ball game. Ten rebounds, three assists, two steals, couple of turnovers. He was not bad at all for this team, and he let Tim Quarterman do his thing. Craig Victor, number two, do his thing, and he let the bench kind of play itself out. Look, Ben Simmons last night was a distraction, and he made a guy in Coach Calipari look like he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't really try that hard. All he was was a distraction, and that U.K. team came out and dominated. Uh, they, I mean, excuse me, LSU came out and dominated U.K., and U.K. is ranked number ninth in the country. They're not just a joke. And I know this is an SEC, uh, SEC game. It's a lot different than, you know, the, the, you know like an, like an out-of-conference game. So conference games are a little bit more intense. But I'm telling you, man, Ben Simmons is only proving himself to be more and more elite and legendary as time goes on because it's not just, you know, when Kevin Durant was in college, Kevin Durant played well, but it was more of just him and the rest of the team. And, and, and now it's looking like Ben Simmons is starting to impose his capability to make this team better, which – you can't really di- dictate through looking at the numbers, but when you see a win like this and a dominating performance like this from LSU, it really speaks numbers and volumes as to how great Ben Simmons is. We all know Ben Simmons is the best player in the country. If you don't think so, go and, go and sniff your meth, co- snort your cocaine, do what you need to do because he's the best player 
in the country bar none. It is, it's not even close. Like, it is, it is so far, this is getting to the point, and again, I know I'm getting, out of my, I'm getting out of my chair, I'm going crazy, but seriously, this guy is the closest thing to LeBron James we've seen since LeBron James. When it comes to players coming out of high school, going into college, I mean, Kevin Durant was touted coming out of college, but I mean, coming out of high school and going into college, but I'm telling you, Ben Simmons, when he gets into the NBA, he's going to have a, he's going to have a storyline similar to the way LeBron James does by the time he gets there, because I'm telling you, this guy is the next big thing. And we were talking about Anthony Davis potentially being the next big guy in the NBA. I'm telling you, move over, because the start of 2016, 2017 in the NBA, Ben Simmons, whatever team he goes to, he's going to have guys on his back riding his coattails when it comes to storylines for the rest of his career. This guy is crazy good. He is unbelievably talented, and he makes, he makes guys in college look like high school players. And these are the best players in the country in high school who dominated a lot like Ben Simmons, LeBron James, other great high school players. They dominated at their schools, and Ben Simmons is making them look like children. Think about that. He's, this is a 19-year-old boy dominating grown-ass men. Granted, Kentucky doesn't have a bunch of grown-ass men, but when he plays most of the other schools, these are grown-ass 21, 22-year-old men who have played college basketball in the rough and tumble over the years, and he is dominating these guys. And he's 19. Wait till he gets to the NBA. He's going to be scary. Real quickly before I let you talk, Andrew, Temple beat Connecticut in the American Conference, 55-53. Connecticut ranked 23 in the country. But, Andrew, go on about Ben Simmons. Yeah, well, first I want to talk about Quarterman. This is a guy who – uh, in, in our preview, our, our college basketball preview, I told everybody not to sleep on. I said, you know, if they're going to make the Final Four yes. like I predicted, and I'm standing by that. I am standing by that, even with the slow start they got off to. He's going to have to be almost equal to Ben Simmons, not in play, not not in ability, but just a presence. He's going to have to, right. you know, help his team as much as Ben Simmons was. And it's never going to look like it on the stat sheet. He's not, you know, last night it obviously did, but come March, he's never going to put up 40 and 15 like Ben Simmons might. He's never going to put up 20, 10, and 10 like Ben Simmons might. But this is this is a guy who is going to be a first-round draft pick in the NBA, probably a late first-round draft pick. But he's going to more than likely be a first-round draft pick. Last night helped his stock a hell of a lot. And he yeah. was – he showed how great LSU can be when he plays great. Uh, now, and Ben Simmons, just don't say he played bad. He played, For any other college player, that's still a very good game, five for five from the field. You know, he had, he had a double-double. Um, he, he is somebody who, uh, and again, I'm not going to say he's going to be better than Anthony Davis is yet because Anthony Davis is looking like he's going to be a future Hall of Famer if he stays healthy. But Ben Simmons is the next perennial all-star to come out of college. I think he's going to be better than Andrew Wiggins. He's going to be better than Jabari Parker. He's going to be better, you know, than than most of these guys. Jalil Okafor, Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's going to be better than all of them. But, you know, and I think one day he will be a top five, top three NBA player. And I'm just, I'm beyond excited. I want to know who's going to get him. I hope to God it's not Philadelphia. I hope somebody like Oh, can you imagine if the Timberwolves got lucky enough to get that number one pick and you're looking at Andrew Wiggins, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and Ben Simmons as your three, your four, and your five with Rick Playoffs Rubio and ten years. Oh, my God. It's ten years at least. It's, yeah. It would be unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm really hoping he goes to a team with, with a good culture, with a good, room, a good amount of room for growth. 
and you're not going to get that at a place like Philadelphia. Um, it, it, it's, you know, even, you know, if Boston that number one pick right now, Brooklyn has the third worst record. Uh, but I think he's going to end up going to LA, of course. Uh, but it's going to, oh, but God. you know, even in LA, it'll be cool. You know, it'll be Pat, it'll be Kobe to Ben Simmons. That, that will be cool. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be something something to see. I'm telling you, if Ben Simmons goes to the Lakers, I, I mean, I may have to just drive down to L.A. to a Staples Center and watch him because it is going to be nuts. I mean, you talk about the pageantry for this guy every single time he takes the floor at L.A. If he, ta- if he goes to the Lakers, it would be crazy because, again, it would be perfect symmetry. Kobe to Simmons. And you're done. And, and, and you're set for the next 15 years. Like, you don't need to get another player to really symbolize that. That will be Ben Simmons. That will be the guy. I'm telling you, this guy, it's, it just it smells like LeBron. It smells so much like LeBron, the way he came into the NBA. That's what Ben Simmons is starting to create more and more and more as time goes on, especially with a game like this. And granted, he didn't dominate, but his presence did. And his presence is what made that team go. And, again, Quarterman was outstanding. But Ben Simmons was playing – I mean, he played an efficient ball game, five for five. He didn't need to do much, but he got his teammates involved and he did things around the basketball court that made him special. We got 11 games in the NBA tonight. No big-time college basketball games. Obviously, a ton of, uh, a ton of uh, conference games, obviously, in the world of college basketball. We got that going on. Uh, but we got 11 games in the NBA tonight. A lot of good matchups. Obviously, an ESPN night. Uh, we have first game on ESPN, Knicks at – Heat in Miami, obviously everyone's excited about that one. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, or Chris Bosh and Carmelo Anthony, you got a bunch of stars in this one. It's going to be a fun one. Um, and, then you got, uh, and then you got the Grizzly at Thunder later on after that, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 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 9.30 p.m. Eastern. They're on ESPN, so those are the two games. Knicks and Heat, Heat are favored by eight. I don't think the Heat should be favored by eight. I think it's going to be closer than that. Take the Knicks plus the eight. I don't think, I don't think the Heat will win, but it will be close. Pacers and Magic, I think the Magic are going to come out and play. This is going to be an outstanding game. This is going to be a game to watch because both these teams are in the midst of a playoff uh, situation there in Orlando and Indiana. Indiana saved by two and a half. I take the Magic in that one plus the two and a half. I think they'll keep it close. Cleveland and Washington, look, this game is going to be in Washington. I think Cleveland's going to get the victory. They're favored by six and a half. Take the six and a half. It's going to be close, but I think Cleveland pulls away late. John Wall's going to keep uh, Kyrie Irving on his toes. It's going to be an outstanding game. Pistons, Celtics, obviously, Andrew just mentioned it. Boston's favored by three. Take the Pistons. I'm telling you, no one down low can guard Andre Drummond in that game. Pistons are going to dominate. Pistons win by more than three. They're going to win that game. Boston should not be favored. Raptors and Nets. Raptors are favored by seven. They should be. They're going to win. They're going to dominate over the Nets in Brooklyn. Nuggets and Timberwolves. Timberwolves favored by three and a half. Take them. Mavericks and Pelicans. Pelicans favored by five and a half because of the length of Anthony Davis. Take the take the take the Pelicans because the Mavericks just came off a back to back on a double uh, double overtime game. Jazz and Spurs. Spurs are in San Antonio, twenty and zero at home against an injured Jazz team. Spurs are favored by fourteen and a half. I would take it if it was twenty and a half because they're going to dominate tonight. Spurs are going to kill the Jazz. Hornets and Suns. Hornets are favored by two and a half. Take the Hornets. Grizzlies Thunder, I just mentioned it. Thunder favored by six and a half. Take the Thunder. And then Clippers and Trailblazers. The Clippers have been one of the more quiet, talented teams in the NBA as of late. Take the Clippers. They're favored by four. They're going to get the victory there. Andrew, what do you think about tonight and what's going to go, what's going to go on in the NBA? Uh, yeah, I agree with most of the things you said. I'm going to save time because I, I know we only got a couple minutes left and I, I got to get back into work. Yeah. Like I said, crazy day. I got Cavs over the Wizards. I think LeBron's going to have one of those crazy 45, 50-point nights. It's just a feeling I got. 
Uh, a game I'm really excited for, though, and I'd be way more excited is Jazz versus Spurs. You said 20 and a half. I, I might agree with you, but if Ru- Rudy Gobert was there, I think this game would be extremely close. And then, you know, yeah. I, I always love watching Timberwolves. But the Pistons tonight against the Celtics, obviously in TD Garden, Pistons are looking for revenge. I think they're going to get it. I think Andre Drummond goes for 20 and 20. Uh, absolutely dominating this game. And, and I think I think the Pistons win this game by 10 plus. And that, you know, I'm a homer, I know, but the Pistons, the way they played uh, on what, what was it, Monday against the Magic, I think they carry that into this game. But you want to listen, tune in to the Boston Celtics Post Game Show later tonight on CLNS Radio. Chris, take it away. Episode 44 is in the books. Episode 45, same time, same place tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern here on Blog Talk Radio through CLNS in the FanDuel Studios. My name is Simo Bucket. Andrew Norris is my co-host. Andrew, we're out of here. Have a, have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the basketball. Big-time games. Big-time games on ESPN. Enjoy it. Have a great night.